So it was three days before the lockdown had even begun. And my family's already in an argument about how much computer time are we going to allow since school is out. It was two days before the lockdown had begun. And someone in the family thought, why don't we get organized? Let's use this time well. Let's have some time to exercise as a family, to uh, have fun as a family, to prepare meals together. That family meeting lasted about five minutes before someone burst into tears. Someone else stormed out of the room. It was one day before the lockdown was set to begin when someone in the family suggested, hey, why don't we get together with our extended family and uh, let's go out and eat at a restaurant together. And then someone in the house suggested that's a terrible idea just because the lockdown doesn't start till tomorrow doesn't mean the danger doesn't start till tomorrow. And then the battle lines were drawn. The half the house who wanted to get out and the half the house who wanted to stay in. And at that point I thought, we are not gonna make it. We've had three arguments in three days and this thing hasn't even started yet. It's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of tension, a lot of stress going on in homes right now. Uh, I saw this awesome lady. She put up a, a prayer video on Facebook, and I thought it pretty well captured it all. Let's, let's watch her video real quick. It's tough. It's tough right now being caged in together like this. We could use a rescue right about now. We need, we need someone to come save us from ourselves, right? That's what Christianity specializes in. We specialize in being saved. We talk about it all the time. I've been saved. Have you been saved? Now, for a long, long time, maybe too long in the church, that has had a very narrow definition. Being saved has meant being saved from hell, being saved to heaven, uh, being saved to have eternal life. Now, it does mean that. Don't hear me say that it doesn't mean that. It does mean that. But it also has a greater dimension to that definition of what it means to be saved. In fact, if you go to the Greek in your New Testament Bible, every time your English Bible says those who have been saved, that's the best we can do in English. Because the Greek translation for that phrase would be so clumsy that you wouldn't hardly want to read it. But I'm going to give it to you now. The Greek translation of that phrase is actually those who have been and are being saved. Those who have been and are being saved. So in Greek, they have an extra verb tense that we don't have. They have a tense for things which happened in the past and are completed, but have an ongoing effect. In this case, those who have been saved, yes, for eternal life. Yes, saved from an eternity without God. But it has an ongoing effect, meaning that we are also saved day by day from the effects of our own sin, from the effects of sin in the world, being given an abundance of life, having an experience with God daily. So those who have been and are being saved, this rescue is offered day by day forever after. So who needs that kind of a rescue today? Who wants to learn about that kind of being saved today in our families this morning? Well, if you want to get at that kind of salvation, if that's the kind of rescue from Jesus you need right now, the Apostle Paul tells us how to get that in his letter to the Philippians chapter 2. 
Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Okay, this sounds like just what we need right now, right? Verse two. Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. Absolutely, right? We had a feeling that this is the kind of attitude it would take to save our homes, to get where we're trying to get right now, to be rescued from this closed-in feeling and the tension in our marriages and our parenting and our relationships. We already knew this, but how do you do it? How do you receive it? How does this happen in our life? Verse 5. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. This is where we get the phrase in Christianity, one of the places where we get the phrase, dying to ourselves. You've heard it all your life, but now suddenly it's going to matter more than anything. Dying to ourselves. What this means is Jesus didn't have to do any of this. Jesus could have said, look, I gave you guys the Ten Commandments. Put them on the wall and do them. Jesus could have said, look, you have the entire Bible of how to worship and serve God. Read it and do it. I shouldn't have to come down there and sort you out. I shouldn't have to come down there and show you anything more. I shouldn't have to come down there and rescue you. I am the son of God. But he didn't, he didn't take that attitude. He lowered himself. He became one of us. He came and rescued us. This is the kind of self-giving, is what the Philippians calls it, self-giving, outflowing, I shouldn't have to do this, but I'm going to do it, kind of love that we need. That's what's going to save us, to imitate Jesus, have the same attitude that was in Christ Jesus, that we need to give a self-giving, outflowing, I shouldn't have to do this, but I'm going to, kind of love. Now, right now, someone's thinking, well, I love everybody in the house. I, I love everyone. I, I, nope, that's not what I'm talking about. Not talking about sentiments. Not talking about feelings. Not talking about sense of responsibility. This self-giving, outflowing, I'm not going to do it, but I, I shouldn't have to do it, but I'm going to love, is an action. It's something that has to be a done, not felt. How do you do that? Well, the Apostle Paul wrote another letter to the church in Corinth. And I bet that most of you had these verses read at your wedding. But these verses weren't put here just to be read during wedding ceremonies. They were put here to show us how to do this self-giving, outflowing, I shouldn't have to do this, but I'm going to do it kind of love. Here it is. Love is patient and kind. 
Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. So this outflowing self-giving, I shouldn't have to do this, but I'm going to love, is an outflowing kindness. What's that look like? That could be going around the house and collecting everybody's dirty dishes. It could be going around the house and with a laundry basket saying, I'm getting ready to do the blue load. Does anybody have anything blue? Volunteering for a chore that's not yours. Now, right now, some of you are seized with horror. Well, if I do that in my house, I'll end up, I'll end up doing all the chores. No, what we need right now is we need a wall chart and we need everybody doing their part and we need everybody taking up their assignment and pulling their own weight. And I'm telling you, no. No, that's not going to work. Is that what Jesus did? Jesus came and said, look, I put the Ten Commandments up on the wall. Everybody do that. Everybody pull your weight. Do your part. No. No, he came in a self-giving, outflowing. I shouldn't have to do this, but I'm going to love. And he did all the loving This is going to be outflowing smiles. This is going to be outflowing encouragement for every little thing you see going on in your house that you do appreciate. No matter how small, that's what it's going to take right now to be saved. Paul says, love is not jealous. So you're going to need an outflowing self-giving. I shouldn't have to do this, but I'm going to. Uh, Joy for others. Now is not the time to be saying to one another, well, I wish my schooling was that easy. I wish I had your teachers. They're a lot easier than my teachers. Oh, I wish I could work from home and that I didn't have to go out and risk myself. I wish I had a job at all. No. No, now is the time to celebrate with everyone in the house for whom anything good happens, even if it's not happening to you to put aside jealousy. Did Jesus say on his last night, well, gee whiz, I wish I could run away and hide and somebody else go to the cross for me. No. No, they ran away and hid. And he went to the cross and he did an outflowing self-giving. I shouldn't have to do this, but I'm gonna act of love. And that's what we have to imitate if we wanna be saved. This love is not rude even when others are rude to you. When you feel that voice welling up inside, I shouldn't have to take that. You can't talk to me like that. Now's not the time during a crisis for us to be arguing about petty things like that. Why should I have to keep my cool when everybody else gets to lose their mind? Because this outflowing, self-giving love is going to save you. And it's going to save everyone around you. Now's not the time to be children. I remember when I tried to, they've got it now, but I remember when I first tried to teach my kids the golden rule, right? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. We'd say, look, kids, you need to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And they'd say, yeah, but they never let me play with their toys, so I'm not gonna uh, let them play with my toys. No, that's not what it says. It says, treat others how you want to be treated. Well, they don't let me play with their toys, so I'm not going to let them play with mine. No, it's how you want. No, no matter how many times. We had this conversation two, three times a week for like seven years. Could not get it. 
but get it now. But now is not the time for us to be children. These verbal games are hot potato. You know, where someone says something nasty to you. So you say something nasty right back. And then they say, well, that was uncalled for. You say, well, what you said was uncalled for. And they say, well, what I said wasn't meant that way. And you say, well, yes, it was. And you throw it back and forth and you escalate. And pretty soon you can't even remember what you're arguing about. That's not self-giving outflowing. I shouldn't have to do this kind of love. You know how you end the game of verbal hot potato? You throw it back so hard that you knock them out. No. You catch it and you hold it. Oh man, but that's going to burn. It's going to burn my hands. That's going to burn my pride. That's going to burn my sense of justice. Absolutely. And then it's going to cool off. And then it's going to be gone. It's got to end with you. It's a self-giving, outflowing. I shouldn't have to hold this, but I will kind of love in action. And that's how you're going to be saved. This love does not uh, demand its own way. Nothing dumber right now than to be fighting over having fun, but a lot of families are doing it. This is not the time to be saying, okay, let's have some fun as a family, except not that. I don't, I don't do that. Let's play, this, let's play a board game, but I don't play that board game. I don't like it. Let's do some exercise, but I don't, I don't like to exercise that way. We're not doing that. I don't know how you work this out. Take turns. Do what the kids want to do every single time. But you got to find some way to not demand your own way. A self-giving, outflowing, I shouldn't have to do this, but I'm going to do it kind of love. Let's clean the house. Okay, great. But now's not the time to be saying, oh, could you clean it my way, please? Would you clean it in the order I like? Would you load or unload that thing the way that I do it? Would you fold that the way that I fold it? Now's not the time to demand our own way. This sort of control is not going to bring you peace. It never has. And now it's really not going to do it. Now is the time for a self-giving out flowing. I shouldn't have to do this but I'm going to kind of love like Jesus showed us. This kind of love is not irritable. Now we're going to be irritable. There are huge stresses on us, huge fears. And especially if you have children, children are remaining children at this time. They're not suddenly going to uh, gain 15 years of maturity for us. Now you're going to have to put on an extra layer of love over that irritability. This self-giving love might be just gritting our teeth and letting things pass. This self-giving outflowing love might be removing ourselves from a situation for a time. Maybe this would be a good time to read another chapter in that book. Take a walk by ourselves. Maybe we need a little break. Not storming out and slamming the door, some big dramatic show. I mean, a quiet removal. It might be just admitting that you're irritable. There's some days uh, my wife or I will say to the other one, I just feel like my emotions are just right here today. So if something happens and I lash out, would you give me just a second to reconsider and apologize? Because I don't want to be like that, but I can feel it like right here. Just let folks know you might just need an extra second of grace before you, you all go to crazy town. It certainly will mean apologizing. That three days before the lockdown story, that was me 
yelling at my son and laying things on him that were far too heavy and not his concern. They were my problem, not his. And I had to go down in the basement say, look, I, I should not have laid all that on you. I am sorry I blew up like that. In my fears about what's coming, I just lost it and was inappropriate. I, am, I hope that you can forgive me. Things like that go a long ways. Self-giving, outflowing love. And this love keeps no record of wrongs. So it's not uh, last month anymore. Now it's time to tear up the score sheet. We can't afford to be keeping tally marks. You said something mean to me, so I'm going to say something mean to do. You didn't help me with this, so I'm not helping you with that. You made me late to this, so I'm making you late to that. That has never worked. It's never going to work. It's especially not going to work now. Now is the time for a self-giving, outflowing. I shouldn't have to do this, but I'm going to kind of love. You know, sometimes I'll meet uh, old high school students of mine when I go to the grocery store. Now, some of these are like late 30s, early 40s men now. I wasn't that much older than my students when I taught. And they'll see me and they look at the floor and they're like, hey, Mr. Leahy, I'm sorry. 40-year-old guy. He's sorry. Like, what are you sorry for? Well, I wasn't a very good student and I didn't act very good in your class. I'm like, I don't even remember that. I don't even remember what you're talking about. Because you, get, you don't get into teaching so you can keep a 25-year-old score sheet on adults. You get into teaching because you love kids and love keeps no record of wrongs. Now, some of you have caught on by now, like uh, what you're saying isn't just for families in lockdown. This is like for everybody all the time. I know. That's right. All of this has always been true. It's just now we can't afford to be sloppy with it anymore. Now it really, really matters. Now being saved, we can't uh, distract ourselves and keep ourselves busy and run all over town acting like things are fine when they're not. Now we have to face it. We have to face our sin. We have to grow our love. And we, we, we just can't do anything except that. So it was true a month ago and now it's really true. Paul in saying love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Someone right now is thinking, if I do this self-giving outflowing love and I'm the only person in the house doing it, then I'm just going to vaporize and be taken advantage of and walked all over. Yep. Just like Jesus. Did one person stay with Jesus that night? No. No. Everything Jesus did, he did alone. In fact, it's not outflowing, self-giving love if you expect people to reciprocate. It's not Jesus' love yet until you give it, expecting nothing in return. Does our salvation say, look, Jesus died for you on the cross. Good. Now you straighten up and then you'll be saved. No. Jesus' death on the cross accomplishes it. There's nothing we can add to it. That's our basic Christian theology. If you want to imitate his love, you have to give a love without expecting anyone to add to it. Now, what's the worst case scenario? Let's do the worst thing that could happen. You'll be the only one controlling your temper. You'll be the only one doing all the chores. You'll be the only one showing any kindness. And so you'll be the only one growing in Christ. 
You'll be the only one becoming like Jesus. You'll be the only one who's free of trying to control, trying to manipulate, trying to get your way. You'll be, you'll be free of all that. You'll be the only one who's living without regrets that you won't come to the end of the day and say, I wish I hadn't done that. But you know what? I don't think that worst case scenario is going to be how it is. You know how, why? Because one man gave this self-giving, outflowing, I shouldn't have to do this, but I'm going to love, and it saved the entire world. In fact, it changed the entire world. You know, the Ten Commandments are awesome, but they didn't really change us that much, did they? You and I don't try to be Christian because of the Ten Commandments. We somehow are responding to Jesus' love. Once we see how much he loves us, it changes the way we see everything. His one act of love had the power to actually change the whole world. I believe one person in every household imitating the love of Jesus will also save and transform the entire household. Do you know why I believe that? Because in all those stories I started this message with, I was the one acting a fool. And then I decided to do this self-giving, outflowing love and stop trying to control and manipulate and react out of fear and just be patient as I can be. I'm not perfect, but as I can be patient, kind, joyful, keeping no record of wrongs. And it has transformed the temperature of our house. I believe God will do this for you too. This is the power of the love that Jesus is showing us. So why don't we have, let's take a good long time here. Let's have two minutes of silence now. While each of us considers what would self-giving, outflowing, I shouldn't have to do this, but I'm going to kind of love look like for you this week. What could you do this week to imitate this love of Jesus, expecting nothing in return? And then we'll close in prayer together. Pray the prayer that Christ Jesus has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.